Hello and welcome to the Susquehanna County Conservation District's Conservation Corner, a show that brings you conservation topics and events from around the Endless Mountains. I'm your host, Don Hibbard. Well, this week, Courtney's on vacation, so I've asked another fellow co-worker to join me in the studio today. And we'll start with almost a year ago, a former DEP intern was hired by the Conservation District and... His role at the district is a dual role, as most positions are, and when he's not working alongside me, reviewing permits and inspecting construction sites, he's reaching out to farmers, he's reaching out to landowners, hobby farms, and the general public to educate them on what is known as best management practices related to agriculture and domesticated animals. He was previously on the show, if you remember, back in February to discuss manure and nutrient management plans. But today, I thought the two of us would get together and talk about our jobs a little bit more. So, I'd like to welcome Mike Klessar. Mike, thanks for joining me today. Appreciate you having me here, Don. Yeah, glad you could join us. Uh, So, let's start out with erosion and sedimentation. so specifically, Mike and I work in erosion sedimentation, or ENS, and that's the department we work in at the Conservation District. And those two words may jumble together for you, may seem like a bit much. So let's try to break that down a bit. First off, we'll start with your prior internship, or maybe even before that. What do you think erosion and sedimentation meant back then? You know, I thought it meant um, going on to uh, landowners' properties, either if they were, you know, just homeowners or farmers, and it's just, we get out there, we analyze the average amount of runoff leaving the property during a rain or uh, snow event, and we specifically not only analyze it, but we also recommend to a landowner how to handle that sediment from leaving and discharging into a local waterway, such as a, a river or a stream or even a pond. Um, Don, what did you think it meant prior to starting here at the Conservation District? Well, I kind of had a clouded view. I knew the Conservation District, of course, conserved the land in the county. Uh, so I kind of imagined it as site visits related to erosion maybe on creeks, waterways, and helping landowners in general with those erosion problems. Boy, was I wrong. (laughs) No, just joking. Yeah, I mean, we do that a little bit now and again. But um, there's some other things that we hit on as well, and that's what we really want to discuss today. So why don't you jump in and elaborate on exactly what we do. All right, so kind of want to get into what specifically erosion and sedimentation means. Um, So specifically, erosion is defined as a a sort of action from the surface causing sand, dirt, or rocks from one location to another. Uh, This action can be uh, wind, rain, snow, uh, even some other uh, natural events that will push dirt to one place from another. Uh, it's important to note that erosion is a natural process. It's been occurring ever since the earth was formed, but uh, with human progression and the development of increased impervious surfaces, 
uh, we have actually accelerated the erosion rate due to these impervious areas. Let me jump in there for a minute and ask you what impervious means. Sure. So an impervious surface is an area that water cannot filtrate through. An impervious surface means that water is going to just slowly just glide off the surface. So an impervious surface can be uh, blacktop, concrete, uh, any sort of hard surface that uh, water has a very difficult time penetrating through. Even like a rooftop, right? Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, didn't mean to interrupt you, but not a problem. So next I want to get on to sedimentation. So sedimentation is the process of dirt, uh, gravel, stones, uh, any sort of uh, aggregate settling to the bottom of a pond, creek, or river. Like erosion, uh, this is a pretty natural process. But as mentioned with erosion, humans have accelerated uh, sediment rates in waterways. I uh, just want to get into some statistics here. So the United States Environmental Protection Agency, or the EPA, reports that while natural erosion produces nearly 30% of the total sediment in the United States, accelerated erosion from, from human use of land accounts for the remaining 70%. They also report that sediment pollution causes 16 billion in environmental damages annually. It's no wonder that sediment is the number one pollutant of waterways throughout the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania. Now fortunately, laws have been put in place throughout history to try to prevent accelerated rates of erosion and sediment. So let's get into the laws and, and what has happened over the last hundred or so years. Uh, first, the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania, they addressed the need for water quality protection way back in 1937, and they passed what's known as the Clean Stream Law. And this specifically deals with, uh, or it calls for the improvement and protection of the waters right here in this state. And it takes care of the public health and animal and aquatic life, and uh, makes recreation a lot better as well. Another one that maybe you hear about is the Federal Water Pollution Control Act that was established back in 1948. Uh, and later on in 1972, the amended act was called the Clean Water Act. And that was huge for the United States. Uh, so what does that entail really? Because you've probably heard of it before. But the Clean Water Act, it regulates discharge in the waters of the U.S. Uh, it maintains existing requirements to set water quality standards for all contaminants in the surface waters. And it made unlawful for any person to discharge pollutants from a source into navigable water, unless a permit was obtained under that provision. Uh, after the Clean Water Act was amended, Pennsylvania lawmakers developed the Pennsylvania Code, Chapter 102. And I really wanna make sure everyone listens closely because maybe there's some wordiness uh, previously, but here's what really applies to the general regulated public. So that chapter 102 code, it really calls for all earth disturbance activities over 5,000 square feet to have what we refer to as a written ENS plan on your site. And that includes implementation and maintenance of BMPs on the site. I think we'll come back to that acronym in a minute. So the code also addresses that if 
earth disturbance exceeds one acre, uh, MPDES or a National Pollution Discharge Elimination System permit is needed. Whew. That was a mouthful. Was it? <laughs> yeah. But uh, a permit must be obtained under the Clean Water Act, which we just mentioned. Here at the Conservation District, we work with both ENS plans and NIPTES permits. Yeah, so you got into uh, an acronym. It's called a BMP. Uh, we refer to it as a best management practice. Uh, it's important to include BMPs on all sites before any earth disturbance activity occurs so erosion can be prevented as well as sediment can be trapped on site. So erosion control BMPs, could you give me an example of some of those? Absolutely. So some erosion control BMPs can be the planting of permanent grasses, the installation of erosion blankets, and placing seed and mulch on disturbed areas where construction activity has ceased. Okay, how about sediment control BMPs? Sediment control BMPs could be uh, BMPs such as straw bales, wood chip filter berms, compost filter berm, and silt fences, and a compost filter sock. Yeah, I'm sure people have seen you know these BMPs around the area. Uh, we often see them on different kinds of power lines or pipelines, that type of thing. Those are pretty common around here. But I also want to emphasize that you know, the conservation district is here for education purposes. A lot of times people jump into earth disturbance. They've got something in their mind they want to do, and they just go ahead and do it. Uh, yeah, we can work through ENS plans with you, suggest what kind of permits you need, uh, and then introduce you to the BMPs that you might need on the site. Um, so that's what we're here for. Answer those questions. Um, so let's jump into... ENS plans. Uh, you want to take that one? Absolutely. So um, an ENS plan, what Don said before, is any work occurring over 5,000 square feet but under an acre requires a written ENS plan. We have a small ENS plan packet posted on our website and this can be utilized for your purpose specifically. Blank areas are included in that plan for you to fill in. Some of those areas will even include the project name, the size of the earth disturbance activity, uh, some ENS BMPs that you plan on using on site. You have to provide just a brief construction sequence. And just uh, we, we provide a blank map for you to fill in uh, just so you could draw out your proposed activity and locations of BMPs. Yeah, this is really, it's a simple plan. It doesn't take a lot of expertise. You can work through it by yourself. But like I've said before, you know, we're here to answer questions, assist you. Uh, some of the bigger projects, they're going to need an engineer. But there's smaller things, you know, maybe something you're doing in your backyard, putting up a, a large pole barn, that type of thing. Uh, you just, as long as it's under an acre, you know, a plan is required. Yeah, for sure. And uh, you could you could send that plan in for review uh, with us uh, if you would like but uh, you really don't need to submit it unless you're doing worth within a, a chapter 105 permit or you're working in a high quality or exceptional value watershed or maybe your municipality just requires it uh, so here's the thing you have earth disturbance and you're gonna take it an acre or more 
you're going to need an MPDES permit. That's what we mentioned before. Uh, it's more extensive. It's going to be engineered. It's going to cost more. If you think you're going to go an acre or beyond, we recommend that you visit an engineer. There's a lot of good ones in the county. There's a lot of good ones outside the county. You're looking for a civil engineer, and that's who you need to contact first before you do any kind of earth disturbance an acre or greater. Uh, and there's a couple different things to go into a NIPTES permit, as we refer to them. You'll explore those when you go to apply for it. The engineer will help you work through it. But like I said, an acre or greater needs that NIPTES permit. I can't stress that enough. So let's give the people an idea of when they need a permit, when they need a plan, or do they need a plan. Uh, so I'm going to throw something at you. We'll see what you say. Yeah. Maybe you can help people out. Yeah. So um, I'm thinking about building a, a roller skating rink, and it looks like it's going to be uh, three acres in size. What do I need? So as you discussed previously, you're going to need that NIPTES permit. Uh, we're going to recommend you that you contact an engineer. Uh, he's going to develop an ENS and a PCSM or a post-construction stormwater management plan for that site, as well as completing any other additional information for that NIPTES permit. So uh, a quick example for you, Don. So let's just say I'm in my backyard and I want to build a eight and a half by 10 shed. What would I need? Well, that's probably going to be under 5,000 square feet, I would guess. Sounds pretty small. Uh, but yeah, like I said, uh, it's going to be small. So you're just going to need a, a BMP. You're going to want to identify any kind of water sources, waterways, ditches, those types of things. Protect those. That's where your pollution is going to take place. Uh, so you need to identify the proper BMP. You can go on our website and you can identify some of those things. We actually have a step-by-step -step process even for under 5,000 square feet. So that'll help you out. And hopefully that answers your question about your 8 by 10 shed you're going to build. Definitely 8.5 by the way, but oh. okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, hopefully this helped you. Uh, we do have a couple events that we'd like to mention. Salt Spring State Park, Saturday, September 5th at 1 p.m. You're going to want to come out to the Riparian Buffer Walk. It's a great chance to actually see a riparian buffer in place. 20 volunteers planted 700 trees along Silver Creek there at Salt Spring State Park. And they created a riparian buffer, which it's just a strip of trees or woody shrubs that actually soak in any excess runoff. And help clean the waterway so you can view the site and you can learn why a buffer is important to our environment and they suggest that you wear waterproof boots as they will be crossing the creek actually twice so there is an available route for those who can't cross the creek and it's a free will donation well i guess that does it for today's show if you have any questions related to today's show you can contact the conservation district by calling 570 782-2105. If you missed a portion of today's show, you can go to our website, www.suscondistrict.org, and find our Conservation Corner page with past episodes, links to information about past episodes, and even a contact form where you could reach out 
and you can ask questions or make comments about the show. And you can even suggest ideas for future shows. You've been listening to the Susquehanna County Conservation District's Conservation Corner. I'm Don Hibbert saying, enjoy the outdoors.